Hello, Skeeter. So great to have you on the show today. So excited to hear all of your Talmudic insights. <laughs> oh, he's looking, you look so wise. He's so dapper today. He's so dapper every day. He just has that vibe about him. I know. I know. If you were to meet you, he'd want to fucking rip your face off for the first 10 minutes, and then he'd probably snuggle up to you. <laughs> he's a challenged dog. No, I'm sorry. He's led a challenged life. <laughs> yeah, not semi-charmed. No. Maybe even a quarter charmed at best. I'm hoping the second half of his life with charmed part. Oh, Skeeter. You're hoping to get him up to semi-charmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. what an adorable baby. Michael. Yes. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Fuck. A lot of good things have happened. I watched a good movie last night. What'd you watch? Uh, Her. Have you seen her? Oh, classic. I've never watched it because of something that happened to me at Starbucks, which I have probably already told you about. I don't know if I've told listeners of the pod about, but I was working at Starbucks in the drive-thru using my drive-thru voice, and I took someone's order, and they came through the window, and they said, wow, was that really your voice? I feel like I fell in love with you like in the movie Her just from hearing your voice in that drive-thru. And that really turned me off to the movie Her. <laughs> oh. oh, it's so much more interesting than falling in love with a voice. I, I recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I also feel sort of middle of the road on Joaquin Phoenix, so. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. It's a, it's, I'm open to it, but it's just like I don't feel very excited about watching it. Yeah, that's fine. You know? No, it's not an exciting movie to watch. It's like a, oh, fuck me in the face. It's like, you know, yeah. like, am I allowed to say fuck me in the face on this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to run it by our standards, people. Uh, no, it's 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 not a fun watch. It's like a, oh. oh. A thinker? It's, it's like this is modern loneliness in mm. manifest in a movie. Um, I see. I like the man wrist that's behind you right now. That's just like picking up a bottle and drinking like on a couch. Oh, yeah. Because my boy is eating his breakfast in the background. Did you excavate your driveway or move any closer to excavating your uh, driveway? It's, it's going to be a multi-month process probably. I see. Um, I see. But I am going to whip out the wood chipper today. I'm going to chip some oh, brush. Oh, God. I hate the wood chipper. I don't know what type of wood chipper you used to have on your farm. Was it like a one that ran on gas and was... Yeah, and really loud. We just have a little electric one, so... so okay, nothing. maybe that's more pleasant. It looks like a tuba that you like shove the... <laughs> shove the stuff yeah the this one side. was like as tall as me oh no 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 yeah it was really annoying i'd love to have uh, one of those the scariest thing about heavy machinery is the sound mm -hmm. i wish they figured that out <laughs> yeah i think they've pretty much accepted the sound of machinery as it is for now i don't think we're going to be getting any great innovations on that well if everything goes electric it'll be quieter but anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm we'll excited see. about that. It's a nice, beautiful day. I took Skeeter out for a walk. Oh. Fed him little bits of chicken. And I'm going to chip some brush and rake and... Look at you. I know, I know. You're a nature Jew now. I'm a nature Jew. Yeah. There was a Jew, a very strange enchanted Jew. That song is called Nature Boy. I don't know if you've ever heard it before. Another exciting thing is I have a new drag name. Oh, not mine. Just like finally, just one that I think is good. Please blow me and the listeners all right, away. All right. Jenny Saquon. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. 
And I, it should be like Jenny, and then the say should just be S A Y. Yes. And then Qua, and then if you say Qua, you're Jenny. I have to say that's better than I expected it to be. Okay, thank you. Uh, how are you, Hava? <sighs> Baruch Hashem. I'm well. Someone recently asked me if I'm capable of giving any other answer to that question, and I said no. no. It's inscribed in my DNA now. A couple happenings. One of our dear mutual friends took me on an adventure to get a Craigslist bike. I don't oh. know if I've mentioned that I've been wanting to get a bike, so I have a little more movement autonomy. So now I have a really wonderful vintage hybrid bike, which is super cool to have. I'm probably going to take it on a little ride today. Wait, it's a hybrid A hybrid what, is what? like a bike that's a hybrid between a road bike and a mountain bike. Oh, I see. It means something different than in the car world. Okay, okay. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. You got an electric bike? No, I mean, I, that would be cool, but I feel like an electric bike would be a whole other level of maintenance that I'm not ready for. I want to see you cruising down the streets of Providence on like a one wheel. <laughs> no way. So I got that bike. So that's cool. I have like a tickle in my throat this morning. In a normal time would just be like, oh, this is an annoying thing I woke up with. But in this time, it's like... Some part of my brain is catastrophizing about it, you know. It's probably just allergies. It's probably nothing, but still, you know, you know how it is. But yeah, getting that bike is super good, and I'm excited to to take that bike out for a spin. Things are just generally going good, going going chill. I'm excited about what we have to talk about today. It's like a subject I've spent a lot of time thinking about, but became a lot more excited about by preparing for this episode. Oh, what's the subject? The subject is the Talmudic character known as the Acher, also known as Alicia Benabuya. So let me just read the listener question really quick. Listener question, I have a question, and maybe this is super boring, in which case please skip it. One, can you do a podcast episode on Talmudic intro words? Like there's Shana Amar, and Tana, and Tanya, and Tana'an, and Tanu Rabbanan, and Meitveh. And all this other stuff that seems to mean the same thing, but is subtly different. Is this a Talmudic Easter egg or just kind of a random smattering of transition words? And part two, or I would love to learn more about Alicia Benabuya and what his whole deal is. So, dear listener, I'm going to save part one, the intro words. I'm going to fold that into another episode sometime. It's going to stay in the hopper because I don't think it is a complete episode on its own, but I think it could be a really good part of another episode. Yeah, and they're Passover eggs, not Easter eggs. <laughs> That's right. We don't have Talmudic Easter eggs. The Seder I was at had very delicious eggs that were a part of the meal. Were they baked? This is the thing. Apparently people bake these No. Eggs. Well, actually, I don't know how they were cooked. They, ha- they were similar to boiled eggs, but they were cooked, slow cooked. I don't know. They were just incredible. That's all I know. Okay, cool. Anyway, Alicia Binabuya, a fascinating character, mm-hmm. often referred to in the Talmud as the Acher, which literally means the other, the other one, which for one is just like a great name. Some listeners may be familiar with the term the Sitra Achra, which means the other side, which is basically like in Talmudic lingo, the side of evil, where like demons and all that stuff is. So this word Acher and other is not so neutral. It's like a a pretty uh, spicy, scary way to describe someone to call them the Acher. And one of the ways that they get this name, so they are a sage. They spend most of their life hanging out. I mean, actually, don't know what proportion of their life it is, but they spend the first portion of their time as a character in Talmud just being a sage and 
chilling and and being very wise. And then there is this incident of the orchard, which is uh, worthy of an episode unto itself. But basically, these four guys go into an orchard and they witness something and they all have this different reaction. So today I'm going to be reading a lot of stuff in translation because we're going to be covering a lot of narrative in broad strokes. Not a lot of original language going to be in the podcast today, but the orchard story happens on Hagiga 14b and says, the rabbis taught there were four who entered the orchard and they were Ben-Azai, Ben-Zoma, the Acher, and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said to them, when you reach near the pure marble stones, do not say water, water, because it is said, a speaker of lies shall not abide before my eyes. Ben-Azai glanced and died. Ben-Zoma glanced and was hurt. The Acher chopped down the saplings, and Rabbi Akiva emerged in peace. So there's some stuff I skipped over in there, but basically, they are entering into some sort of mystical state. The Williams-Davidson translation says it's a reference to the Garden of Eden, the orchard. They're entering into some kind of mystical level of experience, and they all have a different reaction to whatever they see there, whatever existential horror. Ben Azai dies. Benzoma is hurt, which most translators choose to mean that he became psychotic or he lost his mental acuity. And the Acher chopped down saplings, which we interpret to mean he became a heretic, basically, right? They entered the orchard, which is a place where the trees are. And the Acher chopped down the saplings. He saw the existential truth in this mystical experience, and his response to it was to destroy the whole thing. And Rabbi Akiva is the only one who came out of this experience okay. Okay, yep, yep, yep. This is a classic... Classic tale. Classic tale, classic tale. Yes, so this is the tip of the iceberg with the Acher, and this is sort of how he gets that reputation, is because he becomes... A heretic. I discovered in my research this really interesting tale I had not heard about why he became a heretic from Kiddushin 39b. On this daf, the rabbis are talking about the punishment of sin and the rewards for goodness and like, what's up? Why does evil exist? They're doing a whole theodicy thing, right? Okay, okay. So it says, it occurred that there was one person whose father said to him, climb to the top of this buildings and fetch me chicks because you need to get the mother bird away from the young before you can consume them. It's a, like a mitzvah thing. Oh, okay. So the so mom doesn't see her children. It- mm-hmm, exactly. Theoretically, it's a anti-cruelty thing. I don't know how effective it is. but And he climbed to the top of the building and dispatched the mother bird and took the young, thereby simultaneously fulfilling the mitzvah to dispatch the mother bird and the mitzvah to honor one's parents because he obeyed his father in going up the top of the building. But upon his return, he fell and died. Where is the goodness of the days of this one? And where is the length of days of this one? So the Talmud is asking this existential question of this person died in the course of doing a double mitzvah. So Mm -hmm. how can our existential system stand this test, basically? Right, right. Why do bad things happen to good people? Exactly. Later on, on that same page, it says, And what caused the Acher to sin? There are those who say... He saw a case just like this, where the son went up on the roof on his father's command and then died. And it's witnessing this episode that led the Acher astray. So this one I hadn't heard before. I had always heard the tale that he became a heretic because of whatever mysterious thing he saw in the orchard. But this is another tale where he could not reconcile. He couldn't square the circle of dealing with how could this happen. And basically, if this could happen to someone doing a mitzvah, 
fuck the whole system when you first read it i was like oh that was part of the mystical vision he saw like mm. he saw yeah all i guess the, that could be true he saw all the events that have ever unfolded and focused in on those particular ones but mm-hmm. right right yeah i mean this is very we're starting to get into the relatable and interesting stuff about the Acher, right because this is like a quandary we all have to deal with if we're grappling with any kind of spirituality and it's not a not one that is easily resolved by a mere sentence of logic which is how the talmud resolves it the talmud has some stuff i'm not going to get into it on this one but the talmud is basically like there's the world to come in this world and all the rewards are meted at basically it's like it's all fixed on the back end okay great <laughs> is yeah, the, yeah. the short answer of the talmud metaphysically it's all fine which is not enormously satisfying well, you know, metaphysically, everything is always all fine. Yes. Now we'll get into this tale that is like, this is the thing that really got me thinking about Alicia Benabuya and that I felt was really poignant. So there's a story on Chagiga in the Talmud Yerushalmi, Chagiga 2, where Alicia Benabuya is hanging out with Rebbe Mayer. So Rebbe Mayer was a student of Alicia Benabuya before Alicia Benabuya went off the derech. So, Remy Mayer is teaching in the house of study, and Alicia Benabuya rides by on his horse on Shabbat, which is a oh. no no, right? He's out there breaking laws, being wild, and Remy Mayer stops his lecture to go out and see Alicia Benabuya, which is a big deal, a big sign of respect. And so, Remy Mayer goes out and he has this conversation with Alicia Benabuya. They go back and forth for a while where Alicia is like, what are you teaching today? And Rebbe Mayer's like, I'm teaching this. And Alicia Benabuya's like, that's the worst way to teach that I've ever heard. Rebbe Akiva would have never taught it that way. You're a fool, basically. Oh, my God. And he just razzes Rebbe Mayer for a while. They go back and forth. Rebbe Mayer says, oh, I'm talking about this verse. Alicia Benabuya says, how are you interpreting it? Rebbe Mayer says, I'm interpreting it this way. Alicia Benabuya says... That's the worst way you could interpret it, you buffoon. Well, does Mayor say, like, what are you doing riding a horse on Shabbat? Well, here we get into the real poignant part of it for me. So they've been walking along each other side by side, right? And Alicia Benabuya, the Acher, says, Rebbe Mayor, turn back. The Shabbat limit stops this far, a.k.a. this is as far you can as you can go without breaking Shabbat. Because you can only travel a certain distance. So they've been walking and Alicia Benabuya says, like, turn back. This is where the commandment gets broken. Rebbe Mayer says, how do you know? And Alicia Benabuya responds, I've been measuring by the paces of my horse, the 2,000 cubits, which are the Shabbat limit. Rebbe Mayer says, and all this wisdom is within you and you do not return. Like, you know, you're good enough to do this halachic process and yet you don't come back with me. You don't also turn back rejoin the fold, don't break Shabbat. Alicia says, I cannot. Rebbe Mayer asks why. Alicia says, because once I was riding in front of the remains of the Holy of Holies, riding my horse on Yom Kippur, which fell on Shabbat, and I heard the divine voice reverberating from within the Holy of Holies saying, return children, which is a quote from Jeremiah 3.14, except for Alicia Benabuya, who knew my strength and rebelled against me. What? Okay, this is some timey-wimey <laughs> stuff. So this is God comes down and says to Alicia Benabuya indirectly, but basically, you're going to defy me in the future. So then Alicia is like, okay, I guess I might as well just start now. No, this is, I think Alicia has already become a heretic. Okay, okay. 
And it's on Yom Kippur, which is also on Shabbat. So like the pinnacle of holiness, when everyone's supposed to be repenting, and Elisha ben Obiya is out there still fucking around riding on his horse, and he hears the voice of God say, everyone repent, except for you, Elisha ben Obiya, because there's no hope for you. Oh, okay, so when Rabbi Meir goes out during the story, in the present of the story, Elisha is already an Acher, is already the yeah, Acher. Oh, exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. So Rabbi Mayer is seeing Alicia Benabuya after it's all the mm-hmm. shit went down. Yeah, and this is part of the theme is the veneration that he's still being given even after he's a heretic. And there's a lot of things I love about this story. One of the things I love is that is so interesting is that Alicia Benabuya is seemingly being extraordinarily punished because he had such a knowledge of Torah and sinned. Like, the punishment is higher because he knew what he was doing. Seems to be part of what's going on here. And the other thing is just imagining this really poignant moment of them going out together and Rebbe Mayer being like, you can change. Like, you can come back. Like, it's okay. Like, you can stop. You don't have to do this. And Alicia Benabuya is like, no, like, I have to. I'm, like, cursed, basically, to forever be a heretic. Even if I wanted to repent, I couldn't repent. Which raises a lot of questions. One of them is like, shouldn't he be off the hook then if God said, like, fuck you, <laughs> basically? Whoa, and yeah. the second thing is, I kind of read this as Alicia Benabuya was like hearing his own voice that day. You know, Alicia Benabuya was hearing the voice in his own head telling him that he could never go back. You know, he has this emotional journey after he's become a heretic of being like, I, you know... I would if I could, but I fucked everything up forever and I can never return. I can never be good again. So I'm just going to keep being bad. There is something very cinematic about that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he convert? Did he convert to Christianity? He just, he's just idea? out. No, I don't. It's never been my read and I've never heard a read that he converted to Christianity. He's just like doing nothing. He doesn't care about anything. He's like a nihilist anti-hero now. It reminds me of like, oh, there's Judas, the the character of Judas. Right. right? In Christianity, it makes sense to have that archetype because you're supposed to be able to relate in a certain sense to Judas. Mm -hmm. Right. But why is there so much pedestal pudding of the Acher? Right. That's very interesting. Right. To me, the the emotional resonance is just a, like so powerful that there's this person who it feels like to me, it's clear that on some level he is like, I would return if I could, but I am beyond saving. Like God has repudiated me, which just mm. feels, I think as a queer person, as a trans person, and also just as myself being a little depressed baby feels like there have really been times in my life. Well, one, there's been times in my life where I was being a little shit and not being good to the people around me. And because of my own negative self-image was like, this is just how I am. I'm just fucked up and there's nothing I can do. And therefore, I don't have to change my behavior. That's one thing of it. And then there's just that sense of hopelessness that I think can be related to by some of us of like, can I come back? Am I too far gone? There's even more cool stuff for me to bring. So within that same story that we just read on Talmud Yerushalmi Chagiga 2, there is a sub story where Alicia is talking about how great Rabbi Akiva is and how he never would have interpreted the verses this way. He says, so it happened with me. Abuya, my father, was one of the notables of Jerusalem. 
when he was arranging for my bris, he called all the other notables, among them Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua, these Talmudic great chachams. He invited them all, and after they had eaten and drank, they began to clap their hands and dance. Some of the notables sang songs, and some of the others composed poems. Rabbi Eliezer said to Rabbi Yehoshua, these people are all occupied with their interests. Should we not occupy ourselves with what interests us? And they began to speak words of Torah. And from Torah, they went to the prophets and from the prophets to the Ketuvim. And fire came down from heaven and surrounded them. At that point, Abuya said to them, my masters, have you come to set my house on fire? They replied, God forbid, we were merely sitting and stringing together words of Torah. And then we went from the Torah to the prophets and from the prophets to the Ketuvim. The words were as joyful as when they were given at Sinai. For when originally given at Sinai, they were given in the midst of fire. Elated, my father Abuya remarked, My master, since the power of Torah is so great, if this child stays alive, I will dedicate him to the Torah. But because the intent of my father's resolve was not for the sake of heaven, my study of Torah did not endure. Whoa. <laughs> I know. It's yet another what? like thing in my case I'm building about Abuya being like, I'm just cursed. I'm no good. Don't waste your time with me. I've been cursed since birth because my father dedicated me to Torah for selfish purposes. And like my dad ruined my life. He's very emo. But like I say that because it's funny, but also because it's true in a way that feels actually poignant to me. I wonder how old he was when like how old all of the four rabbis were when they went into the orchard. Because mm-hmm. I can imagine this drama going down if they were all young men, you know. Right. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. So now we're going to Talmud Bavli, Chagiga 14b. All this stuff is happening in Chagiga because that's just that's just how it is. So the Acher dies. Elisha Benabuya gets to whatever age he gets to. He never repents and he dies a heretic. So when the Acher dies, the sages got together and they said, we cannot judge him for punishment in Gehinnom, but we also can't put him in the world to come we can't judge him for punishment because he toiled in torah we can't put him into the world to come because he sinned and rebbe Meir said it is better for him to be punished so that he will be purged of his sins so he can go to the world to come eventually when i will die smoke will rise from his grave basically like when rebbe Meir dies he's going to make sure the acher goes to hell so that eventually he can be purified Okay. So okay. when Rebbe Meir died, smoke came up from the grave of the Acher. And so he accomplished it. He made sure the Acher got into hell and a sign came back. And Rebbe Yochanan said, is it so great to burn one's teacher? There was one between us. Can we not save him? If I took him by the hand and lead him out of hell, who would stop me? When I die, I will douse the smoke from his grave. And when Rabbi Yochanan passed away, the smoke ceased from the grave of the Acher. And the eulogizer at Rabbi Yochanan's funeral remarked, even the entrance of hell could not stand before you, Rabbi Yochanan. Whoa. So Rabbi Yochanan goes all Orpheus style and rescues the Acher from hell. Well, I mean, hell, as we've learned, is a temporary predicament yes uh, but and, but but yes very cool my very, point I'm stands. Sorry, your point stands this is this is an older yohanan than beautiful yohanan i i i assume yes right? yes yep, yep yep i mean this is yohanan now yohanan has died when he rescues him from hell so this is like at the end of yohanan's life that this is happening yohanan ben zakai i guess probably. no no this is this is rebbe yohanan this is our yohanan 
Hadi Yohanan. This is Hadi Yohanan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hadi Yohanan just later in life. Wow, I remember Hadi Yohanan died because he was so upset with the death of his gay lover, right? I know, and he still had time to think about potentially his other gay lover in hell. I mean, to me, the whole thing about Rebbe Mayer and the Acher has a bit of a romantic overtone to it. Oh, God. Okay, wow. So, Yohanan and Reish Lakish have a lover's quarrel. Yohanan insults Reish Lakish. Mm-hmm. Reish Lakish dies. Mm-hmm. Yohanan dies because he's so upset. Mm-hmm. But now that he's dead, he decides to bring Alicia Benabuya out of hell into heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Wow. Yep. And so now the culmination of this death story, there's one last little part to it, and then that's the last of the story, and we can just ruminate. Okay. The daughter of the Acher came before Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. She said to him, Rabbi, support me. He said to her, whose daughter is you? She said, I am the daughter of the Acher. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi said to her, is there still seed of his in the world? Isn't it written, not a great grandson, not a grandson among his people, but there's no remainder in his dwelling, Job 18.19. Basically, like, didn't the Bible say you're going to get destroyed because you're the child of a sinner? And she said, remember his Torah, do not remember his deeds. And immediately fire came down from heaven and singed the bench of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, and he wept. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi said, for those who revile Torah, such fire, how much more so for those who praise it. So basically, after all this, Alicia Benabuya's daughter comes to hopefully be supported by the Scholastic community, like get some kind of support, because now she's maybe an orphan. I don't know. She's in some kind of precarious position. And Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi starts off being like, basically, fuck you. Your dad was a heretic. We don't owe you anything. And God is like, no, fuck you, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Like, you still have to respect his Torah, even though he went off in the end like respect his teachings yeah respect his teachings and support his daughter because his torah still has value even if he went another direction well that's interesting are there passages in the talmud that reference the acher's teachings in a positive light they just use the arguments it's like oh you remember the acher said this you got to consider that that's a very good point and who they are is besides the point to the argument that they presented so i did not find any of those mentions other people may have found them and i just couldn't find them i sort of did a comprehensive search on all alicia benabuya or acher mentions and pulled the highlights so i could not find something like that i wouldn't be surprised if it existed yeah i would not be surprised i also wouldn't be surprised if it had been purged yeah so but yeah that's the deal with the acher he was a vessel of great torah who became a nihilistic heretic and ultimately seems like the Talmud says that doesn't negate any of his Torah from the beginning. And he was still worthy of being cared for by the other rabbis. And there's this whole emotional component of maybe he could have always repented if he had only like believed it was possible for himself to change. Uh-huh. I do like it. I mean, I'm all for the separation of the args and the actions, you know? Mm-hmm. You got to respect the args. It doesn't matter who's saying the args. Oh, the arguments. I was like, what are you saying? The args. The args. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it's so much about the separation of args and person as it is just like the work that he did that was good was good regardless of the choices that he made later. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and also I feel like there's something in here about the 
power of repentance that like people were ready to take him back i have a hard time imagining how this narrative would have unfolded in talmud i feel like they would have maybe edited out the heretical part but what if alicia benabuya had repented in the end like what kind of talmud would we be reading then oh yeah and also like i don't know his journey was important in its own right maybe it's better that he didn't repent you know so that we can have these stories yeah i i like that he doesn't repent i couldn't Mm -hmm. tell you why but i do like it i mean i'm fine with him sticking with his convictions i just am still i still that story about him hearing god's voice telling him he could never repent still sticks in my craw as like you know i feel like that is just about that's more about him than god you know and i guess also about the community you know maybe he part of that also is how he felt the community might view him, but I just like if he felt he could have turned back and chose not to, that would be one thing. But for him to keep going just out of a sense that there was no way for him to ever go back again is sort of tragic to me. Yeah, it's sad. But beautiful. I always I feel it's very like a desperado moment. Like he's literally riding off into the sunset and is on his horse. I know, I know. It's something and this is the wrong film to compare it to, but like there's something into the wildy about it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I, I, I get that. But it's cinematic for sure. For sure. Yeah. This could be middle brow miniseries for sure on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would watch it. I mean it's yeah, it's a subject of a, a pretty famous Jewish book called As a Driven Leaf, which I have not read, but has been highly recommended to me, fictionalized the life of Alicia Benabuya in a controversial 1939 novel, As a Driven Leaf. I should read it. It's been highly recommended to me, but I just haven't haven't gotten to it. But yeah, very compelling character and very like, I don't think of my, I'm not like, oh, I am the Acher, the Acher is me, but I am like... I don't know. Some something about this person's life and experience feels like relevant and incorporated to what made my Judaism today. You know? Yeah, there's a lot to ruminate on. Yeah, I mean, it's not the not the kind of episode with a lot of conclusions. Our listener asked, "What is the deal with with the Acher?" And I brought all these stories, and we all sort of have to decide for ourselves what the deal is. Yeah, complex character. Desperado. Yep um definitely homoerotic maybe yeah everything is in the mix there i like it and it's a beautiful mix dope well that's our episode for today great thank you hava thank you michael all right well we will catch you all in the patron episode if you're patrons which obviously you should be because you get double the talmud that's true double the Talmud. if not we will catch you next week in the regular episode where i think i'm going to talk about something else some other listener question and it's gonna be good oh oh i'm gonna talk about spara the concept of spara what is it oh interesting oh okay okay yeah it's gonna be a good one i'm better at opining about stuff that happened thousands and hundreds of years ago than i am about things that currently exist that scares me well i'm gonna be talking about spara the talmudic term oh okay not the organization which is relevant to the okay. organization yeah, but yeah, is yeah. different no no i don't like talking about organizations that exist yes. now anyway listeners yes we love you yep we do we support you we want you to know that you can always come back from the shabbat limit on your horse yeah probably 
and Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.